And good evening, everybody. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer, where we talk about real issues, real people, real stories, and uh, we don't get wrapped up in all the garbage. Um, so tonight we have a great show. Um, one of our clients is um, BS3MD. <laughs> And if you've never watched their podcast, they do some really innovative stuff. They're two doctors out of the Sweet Home Lebanon area in Oregon. Uh, they're not afraid to address controversial issues. Um, so what we do once in a while is we'll do a show with them, a joint show. Um, and tonight we're doing one on gun safety and kids. And, um, and then what we do is I leave it to the end. I'll send you guys off and uh, you can go listen to their podcast on Spotify or any other channel you want. They'll finish the show over there. But it's a really good chance for you to kind of see what they do, who they are, um, and also why they do what they do. Um, you are watching an, another sponsor tonight that we have. Is Chris Dental Family Dentistry, where everyone is welcome. Um, they are also into your civil liberties and uh, your freedom of speech. So if you're looking for somebody who honors those kinds of things and you need a good dentist, uh, Dr. Bratlin is your man, his staff, his crew. Uh, they get lots of people in there because they just want a dentist that's a dentist. They don't want all the political trappings that go with that. So Dr. Bratlin is not like that, very open to people's conversations. So he is another one of our sponsors this evening. We'll be putting some other sponsors into the show a little bit later, but I want you to kind of see who's going on and what's happening. So I'll be interrupting the show at one point to give you a couple more uh, sponsors on our list, but let's go right to uh, Tim and Mayhem Pinemarsh. Uh, the doctors are in the house. All right. Hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of BS Free MD with your co-hosts May and Tim. <laughs> May and Tim Hindmarsh. Um Doctors. Yes. There you know, go. I worked hard for that degree and, and I deserve the respect. Like Barbara Boxer worked very hard to become a senator. So you should call her Senator Boxer. All right. Not just bit. I, I didn't say that. Sorry. <laughs> All right, sir, doctor, whatever it is, your highness. Um, this episode is one of our fun um, multi guest episodes that we partner with Rick Dancer from uh, the Get Real with Rick Dancer show. And he joins us uh, along with one of our guests. And today we're talking about kids gun safety. And we're calling it lock and learn with Derek LeBlanc and Rick Dancer. And so um, as what we want to really get to in this episode is um, ask Derek some expertise and questions about professional uh, because you're a professional firearms instructor and the founder mm -hmm. and president of the kids um, safe foundation. So welcome Derek to the show and welcome back Rick. Hey, thanks, man. Hi, Derek. How you doing? Great. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. All right. To, to start off, Derek, just kind of go through your creds. What you I know you've been very involved in in firearm safety in, in mm -hmm. firearm training. May and I have done a, a little bit of that. So we're, we're kind of at least you know, versed in that world. Uh, and then, and then how that kind of moved into what your, you know, your big passion, which is, you know, childhood accident prevention, which obviously is something all of us, regardless of what we think about guns, where we are in the political spectrum can 100% get behind. 
Absolutely. So, you know, a little bit about me. So I started shooting, you know, my first BB gun, I got at three years old from my father. You know, I got my first shotgun at, at five years old. And and so that kind of put me on this path to gun ownership and the, the love of the shooting sports. I used to hunt. And so back in 2013, I was put in a position where I needed a gun. And I didn't have a gun. And, and so I was in a, a very dangerous situation where I caught somebody breaking into my vehicle and I put him on the ground. I fought with him for about 10 minutes until my girlfriend at the time came out and saved me with a, a, a shotgun. And so from that point, I became an advocate for our two way rights, also became an instructor. And then, you know, early 2014, I realized I was potentially exposing, you know, kids to an accident inside the home. And so I started looking at programs and, you know, there's one by the NRA, but being from Eugene, Oregon, I was concerned about how well received to be. And so I started <laughs> developing my own. So you guys, you guys don't. Well, want to I, I, I don't understand. What do you mean, Derek? Can you be more clear? Well, I, I try to be very apolitical with my approach, and you know, obviously, the NRA has done some good stuff in the past, but it's it's outdated. And so, you know, the develop of our program, development of our program, took about two years, and we became a nonprofit in 2016, and now we've reached over 28,000 kids in five states and and taught them life saving skills on what to do if they come across an unsecured firearm. Oh, outstanding. So, so give us a little background as far as statistics on childhood firearm, you know, accidents, deaths, et cetera. We're doctors, so we like we, we call morbidity and mortality. That's kind of how absolutely. So, you know, the, the the trickiest part is where you get your data from. You know, obviously, CDC typically I like to cite them. FBI has good data. You know, a lot of a lot of sources. You know, people that don't necessarily you know align with us politically, they like to um, cite the gun violence archive as this reputable source. And I, I don't I don't think it's a reputable source. I think there's a lot of a lot of information that's either uh, misdirected or it's in, in, in inflated. And, and so typically about right now we're losing on average about a, a kid a day across the country to a, a, a firearms accident, which I called an accident, but it's really negligence It's how did that kid come in contact with the firearm? You know, was it, why wasn't it properly stored and why wasn't the kid educated? And so there's, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, part of the problem with the CDC data is they're, they're tracking, uh, kids and they're classifying them up to 19 years old, you know, so that's another thing that's really kind of skewing the data when it comes to how many kids are truly getting hurt with a firearm. And obviously we don't want to see a single kid get hurt. This is, you know, I don't care if you're 19 or six, I, I, I want to protect everyone. And, and so it's just, we have to be able to have this conversation in a way where the people with the experience can have the microphone and, and it's not the special interest groups. It's not the red shirts. It's, it's people that are actually involved in providing solutions to the safety of our kids. So that's what we're trying to do. And that's why we're glad to be here to kind of talk about that with you guys. So what's so the biggest, what's the biggest mistake that people make? I mean, like what causes the most incidents? Typically, it's complacency. It's always the the parents that say it would never be my kid, and I hear that very, very. Oh, well, my kid wouldn't do that, but I would be concerned about your kid's friend doing that. And so, your kid might be really, really good because you've you've trained your kid, you've worked with your kids, you talked to your kids about guns, but we don't know about Billy's dad. And Billy's dad might have the gun just laying around where Billy comes in contact with it and wants to show it to your son, and that's how somebody gets hurt. Happens far too often. How do you work around that in the kids safe program or anywhere else? Like, how do you deal with, yeah, kid teaching kids what to do when they're with other kids, you know, with guns that don't know how to handle them safely? 
Well, so, you know, part of what we're doing is where I call them little um, force multipliers. So the kids that come into our classes, you know, we're teaching them about how to be disciplined. We're teaching them about how to be future leaders. And so there's always things that come away from our classes. And so, you know, we want to teach our those kids that come to our classes directly that they're the force multipliers, that they can go out to their friends and, and teach their friends. No, we don't play with guns. Guns are not toys. They're they're tools. And, and so that way we're the whole, the whole goal of what we're trying to do is just take that novelty away and, and showcase that, you know, guns are not the issue in society. It's obviously, it's a lack of education. There's a lack of prosecution issue. There's lots of different things that go into this big picture. When we talk about, you know, firearms in, in the country, you know, we have ex, an estimated 450 million guns in this country, 110 million responsible law-abiding citizens that own firearms in this country. And, and so, you know, we, we just need people to just take a deep breath, just know that this is a very common thing is to talk about guns and gun safety with your kids and to kind of embrace that and make sure that, you know, this is really, really important stuff to talk about. You know, a, a good analogy would be like the hot burner, the hot burner. You tell your, your child not to touch the hot burner. What's the first thing they do? They grab that <laughs> hot, hot burner, you know, so. And we're going to get right back to that in just a second. A couple more sponsors I'd like to recognize here. Montana Oral Surgeons and Implant Center. They do dental implants, also do all kinds of surgery, extractions, that sort of thing, located in Helena, Great Falls, Bozeman, and also uh, Butte, Montana. Uh, so they're one of our sponsors. And... There we go. I got the same one again. Sorry. <laughs> Sometimes your fingers hit it the wrong way. Also here in Helena, Montana, Greg Hinkle, uh, his lending team with independent fairway, independent mortgage company. They do mortgage loans for um, all anybody, homeowners, uh, any kind of investment properties you're looking for. Uh, they work out of Washington, Oregon and Montana. And um, I have a little ad here, a new program we're putting on um, with Albert Taylor. Uh, endless possibilities. And I think you're really going to like this and then we'll get back to our show, but take a look at, there's so much misinformation about how to handle folks and deal with folks and understand people in the community of disabilities. And we're putting together a new education series uh, that'll hopefully help. And we thought it would be best to just go to the source themselves and find out what they have to say. So here you go. Don't be afraid of me. Be me the other person. Sometimes it's hard to know what to say or what to do. I love to paint. Listen to me. So why not go to the source and find out what they want? Other person. I got paint in the airport. Sometimes you have to listen a little more carefully. Take the time to talk to me. But in the end, they're just people like you and me. Oh, I to be my friend. Take the tent. Talk to me. So listen to people like Richard and learn. That's how our kids learn, unfortunately. But, you know, with a firearm, it, it could be fatal. And so that's why um, education is really, really important. So... Can you give us like a few sort of specifics and principles that you use for teaching kids things? I mean, um, is there like 
sort of an outline or is there like a step-by-step thing? Is it a multi-step monthly process? Like how does this whole thing work? So typically it's a one hour class when we're, you know, in the classroom type setting and it's, we hold them at Cabela's. I was in a, a homeschool yesterday. I love the homeschools. Charter schools are really great and I support them as best I can. And, and so we want to be a resource for those parents. And, and so we talk about, you know, what to do if they come across that, that unsecured firearm. Uh, we also talk about how the firearm functions. So we're actually, cause you'd be surprised how many kids get their information from, either the internet, it could be video games, it could be social media, you know, so it, it forms all of these young minds and their young world, their opinions on the world. And so, you know, what we're trying to do is just showcase that this is reality. This is something that can be dangerous if you're, if you're not safe with it, but, you know, it's harmless if you treat it with respect. And, and so from that, we talk about online safety, you know, video game violence and, and, you know, how to, you know, protect them about from grooming, you know, and, and trafficking and stuff like that. We also cover anti-bullying as well in the class. And so the whole goal is when the, the kids and the, and, the, and the families leave our class is they, they have a better understanding of, of the threats that we're facing. Um, and as, as technology evolves, so will these threats. And, and so were our message, you know, we'll, well, that's the benefit of being a small organization is we can kind of, we can maneuver society and, 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 go where the threats are to the kids. So why kids? I mean, did something, I know you said, you know, that something happened with your girlfriend, but is there something, some, I just get the feeling that something happened and there's a, there's a bigger picture here. Why do you start with kids like that and their families? Well, cause the Lord told me to do so. And it was, it oh, was in it. 20, 2014, I was driving a dump truck in the middle of the night. I was working in a construction job and there was a flash of light and this flash of light said I had to protect the kids. And it was like, it was three o'clock in the morning. I didn't know what that meant. And, and so, but I, I woke up at, I went to, got off work at 6am, went to bed till 8am. And then I woke up like I was possessed. Like, what did that mean? And so that's, you know, when I was talking about the research, you know, looking at the NRA program, that's where that original idea came from is, is from that flash of light and that, that, that voice, I, you know, I can't explain it, but it was, it was something that directed me to get to this point. And, and so at this point he's in control. And so I'm just, I'm just here. He's given me the platforms and the microphones to speak into so I can continue to do the work that we're doing. Well, wow. I, wasn't I wasn't expecting that for an answer. <laughs> yeah. It's a, a crazy, crazy part, Rick, about that, that story that I is, I don't know if you remember from 2020 where we had the riots and stuff like that, where downtown Eugene, that, that intersection where I came through and that dump truck was actually set on fire in the middle of the night one time. And, and so I went down there and kind of just, cause it was just a, it was like a, a really important part of the story for me. And I, I wanted to go document it and did, I did my first blog post about it, but it was, it was sad to see the the destruction and the carnage that came out of that situation, you know, and, and, but that was, that was really where it, it all started for me. Well, that, I, I mean, what comes to mind is God used a burning bush for Moses and a burning dump truck for you. Absolutely. Which absolutely. is, which is absolutely spectacular. You know, the thing that comes to mind, the second you started talking about this is, you know, to, to put a, you know, man, I are, are, Christians and, you know, to kind of put an evangelistic spin on this, you know, the key is in these kind of outreaches, you don't want to just preach to the choir. You really want to kind of reach the un, the unchurched in the gun world. 
-hmm. And so, you know, why do we have relationship counseling or sex education or, uh, you know, predator education or any of these things to keep kids safe? The reason is, is because they're getting educated whether you like it or not. So they're going to movies and they're learning that guns are great because violence is really cool. And we celebrate violence because human beings are, you know, at their core to some degree violent. And they watch, you know, like I remember the the Saturday morning cartoons a million years ago when, you know, Bugs Bunny would shoot people or Elmer Fudd or whatever. (laughs) And then and then, you know, the video games just ratchets that up to another level. Right. I mean, there's kids that have never touched a firearm, may never fire one in their entire life that know more about specific weapons platforms than most of us that have owned half of those weapons platforms yeah. because it's so detailed in the, in the video game world. And so you sit there and you go, this is a no-brainer thing to get into schools because it, you know, you can strip the politics away. You could say, we don't care if you love or hate guns. They're there. There's 450 mm-hmm. million of them in the United States. They're not going anywhere, regardless mm-hmm. of what you know, politician X, Y, or Z tells you. So you might as well deal with the problem. Just like, you know, you can put end racism all you want all over the fields of the NFL. There's still race racist pieces of crap in the world because humans are fallen by nature. So, have you had any hope with sort of? reaching kind of the quote other side with regards to your uh you know mission yeah i mean we've we've made some very some big successes i mean obviously i wrote a senate bill in 2019 that would have authorized our program for all first graders in the public schools in oregon uh we tried again this year i mean our biggest challenge is people are are fearful of what they don't understand and, and so, you know, it's it's our job, and that's why I'm, I'm glad to have this microphone here is because it's our job to show them the, the value to their families that even if they don't have guns, don't think for a second that your kids can't be exposed somewhere else. I mean, I see horror stories all the time about kids co- yeah. coming in contact at parks on street corners. I've had kids that have found guns and couch cushions at play dates. I've had kids mm-hmm. grab a rifle behind a door, you know, and bring it out, you know, that it's used for varmint control. So, you know, we, we can no longer with that many guns in society, we can no longer just keep our head in the sand and thinking this problem is never going to just go away. We have to actively do things that are different that maybe people don't like or are afraid of because they've never had the experience, but we're proving that they do work. You know, we have 28,000 kids through the, the program with zero accidents, you know, and that's, you know, that says a lot, you know, I want to reach 10 million kids or 20 million kids. That's how we move this needle in a way that we need it to go. And, and, and so it, it's just people, there's so much noise right now. There's so much noise and, and the noise drowns out the people that are doing the work. And, and that's kind of the problem. It's part of the problem too, Derek, that if you don't grow up in a home with guns and then mm-hmm. you're kind of afraid of them. Um, Absolutely. I mean, I noticed this with myself and my wife. We, we, got, we have guns now and we've learned how to shoot them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went, took a class. I mean, so we have all that. Um, but I didn't grow up with them and I still see it and I keep it in a drawer. You know, mm-hmm. I have no kids in my house and I keep it in my drawer and I know, but I pull it out and I, when I have to take it with me in case there's a bear or something like that, I'm not as comfortable with it. And I think that's what I love about what you do is you're getting kids so that it's, they understand the power it has, but the power that you have and where not to touch. And with me, it's still kind of a scary thing. And I bet there's a lot of parents like that. 
um, as well. Is that kind of part of what you guys address? Yeah, absolutely. The whole point is we want to be a trusted resource for those kids, for the the parents. And we want to, you know, because sometimes like yesterday when I was in class in the homeschool, there was a couple of parents that didn't have firearms in the home, which I like, I kind of pull the crowd. I want to know kind of where people are at. So I know how to deliver the message because, you know, when I'm showing an AR-15, I don't want to put it in the face of somebody to, to show that it's clear um, somebody that is afraid of that type of firearm. And so I'm, I, I have to be really mindful of my audience and respectful of them and understand that we all have different experiences when it comes to this situation, but they're giving me an hour of their time. And so I'm going to give them an hour of my time and make sure that we're all on the same page when we leave, whether you like or don't like, I'm still going to do what I need to do to make sure that you have the best experience you can have, even if you're fearful, you know, so that we just got to have this normalize this conversation. That's all we're trying to do. Well, and it, it's interesting how that works because May, May, when I told her I was buying a pistol, she almost lost her complete mind. Now she's like, does just it leave? Part of it? She just lost part of it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah, that's right. No, yeah. she was, I mean, it was just, that is stupid. I hate guns. Guns are terrible, you know, like on and on. Right. I mean, typical Canadian, whatever. And, and now it's like, she doesn't, she doesn't leave home without her, uh, trusty 380 uh feminine protection shall we say wow yeah she's awesome. badass that girl's badass yeah i've even actually gone out in the dark when you know someone drove up to our house <laughs> unannounced uh on our property and the kids and i were home and tim was gone and i, I did not like it because you know they had the lights beaming into our giant picture windows just sitting there mm -hmm. um so i went out packing i told the kids and uh you know i had it kind of hidden my hand in my back uh and i'm like eh. Well, and then, of course, you told the kids, I, until you hear sounds of reloading, don't call the police. But, <laughs> but it, for me, it was a complete 180. Uh, and it wasn't until I kind of started to soften a little bit. But I took the class you know, um, mm -hmm. and got, uh, you know, got my hands on this thing, which to me, and I understand, you know, people that are fearful, you feel like it's a bomb that's going to go off in your hand. <laughs> like that's yeah. how in your brain you think this thing will just explode. Or, or randomly fire and even well, now not unless you're alec baldwin <laughs> true. true sorry but but i for me that's the psychological fear thing that you mm -hmm. know it's like it's like an uh a, a bomb that's not that's just going to detonate whenever and so until i learned to handle it like you would like a knife you know a knife it's not mm -hmm. going to just fly around and cut people um you respect knives when you're using the tools uh it's totally totally switched to the point now i um a total convert but back to you know what i was gonna what i'm thinking of is with this program i guess i can see the difference between so there's hunter safety mm -hmm. i know so many people that have kids that have gone through kids hunter safety programs so obviously this differs from that and because hunter safety i'm assuming is more along the lines of how to stay safe in the woods use your rifle etc yep. this is more this is quite different um mm -hmm. Do the kids get to learn how to handle a gun when you're teaching them or, or is it just sort of a not a hands-on thing? Yeah, so we have a couple of different classes. We have the the kids firearm safety one class, which is you know strictly accident prevention, which is what we did yesterday in, in that homeschool environment. And so with that class, you know we don't want them touching guns. We're teaching them what not to do. And typically, you know hunter safety, that's those kids are you know, ten to twelve years old when they're getting involved with hunter safety. You know, and we're talking. You know, we want our kids involved at four to six 
you know, because that's when they're going to be most inquisitive. That's where they're going to be most vulnerable to an accident inside the home. And so that's why we're trying to get to those kids before that. Uh, and then we do offer live fire training for the kids as well. So we do, we follow up with rimfire rifles and, and so we get to reinforce the skills that we talk about in the first class with real guns on the range, you know, under proper supervision. And we're teaching the parents how to teach their kids how to shoot. It's, it's really such a, an amazing, wholesome environment for the kids to continue to grow. And you know, we realize that not, it's not for everybody, you know, some, you know, sometimes, you know, parents that are afraid of guns, they come, they bring their kids one time, just, just so their kids can understand the process of what happens when the gun goes off and the power that's involved with that, you know, we're using rimfire. So it's not as, as intimidating, like a centerfire rifle, but it's, it, it gives them good repetitions and, and, and gives them a good foundation if they want to continue in the shooting sports, because now they know how this process works. So Derek, you've said like a, a couple of times in here, you know, we need to have this conversation. So mm -hmm. define for me, like the conversation and why the need for the conversation, what is that conversation? Cause there's probably parents out here who don't, you know, do people that don't have guns, but what is the conversation and why do we need to have it? So right now with what's happening, I don't know if you're watching what's happening nationally, there is a lot of talk about gun control. You have a lot of people that are fundraising off of the idea of gun control. And, and, and my response to that is we have 22,000 laws on the books already, and we're not implementing and enforcing them already. So why are we going to add another, another, another law? It's not going to work. So, but there's such an emotional reaction from both sides. There's the people that don't like guns that are afraid of guns that want to take the guns. And so there's so much vitriol associated with that. And then you have the other side that says, I enjoy my guns. I'm not committing a crime and I'm not going to give up my guns. And, and so, you know, that's where I kind of feel like I'm in the middle because I'm a man without a country because I have this noise over here and I have this noise over here, you know, and, and all I'm trying to do is say, if we talk to our kids and have an adult conversation with our kids about something that's a really important topic, this is how we're going to help society. And that's all I'm trying to do. And that's why, you know, so it's just, it's just the, the, the divisiveness right now uh, of the topic. And it doesn't need to be a divisive topic. We're okay. It's okay to not like guns. It's, it's totally fine. That's your personal responsibility. It's your personal per, per perception of guns, but I do have a right to have a firearm inside my home for, for lawful self-defense or to edu educate my kids if I choose choose to do so, you know, that's my right. I have a right to do so. And and so, you know, that's kind of what's being lost right now is this just, the, it's just so much infighting. We don't need to fight about this topic. We just need to come together and understand that there's people out there that do care about the, the topic and it's important to them and important to their organization. And, you know, we just need to be able to offer our experience. So if you get the kids to understand more safety, it's a way to counterbalance and maybe add to that conversation, right? Is that what I'm getting? Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a way because we want to take away the fear. And I, when I'm working with older, like teenagers, I see a lot of stuff that's coming from the teachers in the public schools that are talking about um, they're afraid of guns because they're being told a lot of it's coming from social media, you know, their friends, you know, the people that don't have you know, so there's a, there's a definitely a push to really kind of demonize lawful gun ownership. And, 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 and so I, I think that's kind of counterproductive to the safety of the kids, because if we demonize something that's completely normal, 
we make it less likely likely for the parents to educate those kids and we could also show that that's actually makes those kids more vulnerable because they don't have these life-saving skills that they need to be taught well you know what i kind of look at you know my own beliefs mm -hmm. and you know you you take this to, to kind of the other side. So you think of, you know, obviously there's all this stuff about sexuality that everyone is losing their marbles over. And some of it is completely insane, but some of it's not. And so, you know, May and I, you know, from our personal beliefs, you know, we, we were abstinent till we got married. And most people would say, you are completely insane. That's crazy. And you sit there and you go, well, you know, it worked for me and it's a free country. And I'm not telling you that you have to, obey my moral code right but at the same time when you go into a school and you teach an abstinence only class to uh, you know to a thousand kids that have a wildly different moral upbringing than you to not address the fact that you know teenagers are going to have like lots of sex is kind of nuts and it's kind of you know and, and then you, you know you use this example the teachers are like, I'm scared of guns. Well, that's like me dressing up in my best, you know, Hutterite costume and saying, I'm scared shitless of sex. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter what your fears are. It matters right. what the reality of the, of the, of the world that you live in is. I mean, it, it, it's most Amish people are probably way, way healthier. Most people aren't going to become Amish. I mean, that's the way mm -hmm. it is. And right. so you have to, you have, there, there's a pragmatic aspect to this. That you can't forget kids are going to have sex and there's 450 million guns you're not going to make kids not have sex and you're not going to make 450 million guns go away without kicking everyone's door down and essentially having you know the gestapo do it it's impossible so the only option left is educate yourself to keep your kids safe well End yeah because like because Tim, like what other, th what other topic? Well, nowadays we do this, but I mean, in back in the day, when you're afraid of something, you don't avoid it. You learn about it exactly, and you learn how to respect it and treat it rather than just, if we just, cause, cause your point is Tim, I love that. It's like, it's not going to have, it's not going to go away. So you deal with it. And this is what Derek's talking about. We teach you how to not be afraid of it. So then you can still be a gun owner or a non-gun owner but at least yeah. you're not afraid of it. So you can make an educated response rather than an off the handle top of your, oh, they're bad. And, you know, cause, cause we really do have a culture who now believes that a gun by itself can kill a person. Guns kill. Guns cannot right. kill because this human thing called a finger has to pull the fricking trigger. And we we've created a culture of people that think that that inanimate object laying on my bed, can kill somebody. It can't kill somebody unless somebody picks it up and makes a choice or in your case, what you're teaching that. So it's not an accidental choice uh, mm -hmm. to kill somebody. I, that's powerful. I love that. I mean, I think Thank that you. is, Thank but, but why, why don't the educators want that? Hmm. It's very interesting to me. Well, we could put our tinfoil hats on and understand, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's because I have my, they See that? No, you do. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that's yeah. my tip um, on that right there. I feel that they don't want the truth getting out. They want to. They want to control this narrative in a way. So when people are afraid and uneducated, they're easier to be controlled. And so what we're doing is we're teaching kids gun safety. We're empowering our youth to make good, safe decisions. We're opening up their 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 minds 
And, and that, you know, that's, that's dangerous for some people because those kids are less likely to be controlled going into the future. So I want to know what, what are, so obviously we're talking about fear, fear of guns, don't like guns. And I want to know what are some of the misconceptions or things that drive the fear. Like what you said is, is it the fear of it just going off? Like, I mean, it sounds dumb, but that's the kind of irrational fear that I had, like literally that this thing was so fragile that, you know, if I just touched it the wrong way, it would go off. I mean, that's irrational, but that's just Mm -hmm. what happened. Um, what are some of the, do you know what the barriers are when people like, I don't yep. like guns. I'm afraid of them, like what they talk about. Yeah. What are those? Yeah. So it, I, we call them hopelophobes, right? So hopelophobe is somebody that has a fear of inanimate, inanimate object, which is a firearm. And so typically it's, they, there's a lot of group thought here. There's no independent thinking. So a lot of it is they get information from either social media, their friends, it could be their peers, it could be a teacher. And so that's influencing that opinion. And I'm being told to be afraid of something with and and part of it is as as we've become lazy. Like we don't do our own independent research. We just believe what's we're fed. And and so, you know, that's what makes everything they talk about, you know assault rifles there's no such thing as an assault rifle it's called an ar ar-15 it's an it's a modern sporting rifle ar does not stand for assault rifle it stands for armalite rifle and and so there's a lot of there's a lot of misinformation there and so i always have one in every class and i i had a, a lady last night yesterday in class that asked me why does anybody need one of those and i was like "Ooh." Pick me, pick me, you know, and, 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 and so I said, well, we have many reasons for this rifle. There's 40 million rifles in this country, semi-automatic rifles, and they're, they're responsible for less than 1% of all violent crimes. So we're talking on average, about 400 people lose a lot of their lives to a rifle every year. And that's of all rifles. And obviously we don't want to see anybody lose their lives, but it's not the big scary thing that everybody makes it out to be in the media. And, and so, you know, with that, I was, we talk about, you know, that, that gun is great for hunting. It's great for sporting purposes. You can shoot three gun, you can compete with it. It's also great for, for, for home defense, you know, depending on that, that situation, you have a bear, a bear situation in Montana, you might need a 30 round magazine to, to, to help keep yourself safe. And, and so that's why this gun is more it's more relevant now than it's really ever been in our history, you know, cause what's happening, you know, when we saw what happened under, you know, in 2020 with all the lockdowns and all of that stuff, you know, we had groups of people that were, you know, riding. And, and so the whole point of this is giving us the ability to be able to protect ourselves if we, if we need to be. And, and so it's not the big scary thing that it need it's made out to be. Um, but it's, it's something that is, you know, we just got to figure out how to keep, some people from getting through the cracks and getting hold of these. I mean, there, there is an issue there. I can't yeah. admit that, you know, and I'm so, not going to, I'm not going to be so tone deaf to say that, you know, there's people out there that have gotten them that shouldn't have them, but I, I don't know, you know, we already have checks in place. So I understand why these things are getting through the cracks. So when, yeah, you, for- see, when you see measure 114 pop up in Oregon, um, that's got to uh, throw a little bit of fear in front of you, huh? That people, that people won, that they, they responded the way they did and voted for it because of misinformation in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. It was. But, explain measure 114 for our listeners that are not from this state or even country what's going on. So measure 114 was a, a voter approved initiative. It was, it was, it was, it was, 
written by the Giffords pack. And, and so the, you know, if you're familiar with the Giffords, you know, the Giffords for gun safety, they're a big anti-gun group. And so they tasked lift every voice Oregon with them gathering the necessary signatures to get this thing on the ballot. Um, it, it got on the ballot last year and it was passed by less than 1%. It was about 0.6% in Oregon. And so what this did is this, this is, you know, now it's been challenged in court multiple times, but it, what it does is it creates a permit to purchase uh, situation. And it also, it also makes basically every magazine that has a detachable base plate illegal under this under this law and so it makes you know good people criminals overnight if this thing goes into effect and 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 the way it was sold was totally misinformation and and there's a lot of there was a lot of it's going to save lives you know it's going to do all these magical things yet the law enforcement does not have a way to enforce law enforcement does not have the staffing to even do what's required of them under the under the statute you know so it's We've already, we're probably over $2 million in litigation costs at this point. We've done nothing to save an actual life and we're taking money away from, you know, drug abuse and mental health issues and the homelessness. So it's, it's been a really, really bad thing for, for Oregon. So with the, with the permit though, you get a free COVID shot, don't you? Cause that's also safe and effective. <laughs> oh, God. oh, really? Really? I, I, that would, I'll have to add that to my 10 that I already have. Tim, so. Tim it's not the shot. It's a booster. Oh, that's right. It's, yeah, shot is because everybody's shot, already on vaccine all in one sentence. And you're a doctor. I know. I know. So I just, I just anchor, play one on TV. A news anchor is telling you doctoral things. Yeah. <laughs> it, my job never ends, you know? <laughs> Cough. Jobs, job security. There you go. I like to play devil's advocate. And so if I was someone from the other side and still thinking this cute little Tiffany colored gun that I have, or duo now is bad. Uh, the people that you know, see these ARs or think, you know, automatic assault um, rifles, etc. There, I guess in my head, you know, you, you can say, all right, this is why we have them. This is how they work. They're really not that dangerous. But I think, do you think that these people are thinking, well, I've seen Rambo. I watch all these shows on TV. I've seen these video games. And to me, it looks like if it gets in the hands of the wrong person, it's a way for them to kill more people quickly. And we see school mass shootings and things happening all the time that the wrong people get a hold of this and you just can kill. It's more dangerous than it is positively helpful. Does that okay. ever come up? So hold, that I, I, hold that thought, Derek, just a second. This is a okay. really good place. Um, what, what part of what I want you guys to do is see Tim and May and understand what they do. And this is a great place to cut me off. And you guys go over to Tim and May to BS free MD. If you're watching this on Rick dancer, get real with Rick dancer and you go over to their show and you can watch the continuation. Cause I, and I didn't want to go. I was just like, Oh, it's 33 minutes. I want to stay. This is like such a great conversation, but I want my viewers to go watch Tim and May and see what they're doing. So I'll have some of this on my show, but the rest of it to get all the rest of the juicy details, they'll need to go over to BS free MD and find out more. Well, there you could st you could stay, Rick, and just keep quiet. But you know, <laughs> that, you and Tim, oh, yeah, Rick, the answer is stay. Yeah, that'll happen. Quiet. <laughs> that is not going to happen. Um, thank you, Derek. That was so interesting, and I think I thank really you. hope you good luck with your program. And Tim and May, I'll see you next week. But um, take me out. I know. Here, beam me up, Scotty. Bye. <laughs>
All right, so I've been beamed out. Um, but anyway, yeah, that is the point. They, they go on for, I think, another 20 or 30 minutes. And um, so go to BS Free MD. You'll find them on Rumble. You'll find them on Spotify. Um, Tim and May are doing some really cool stuff. And um, you'll get all that conversation. Plus, they can put out a little more than I can because they're not as on Facebook as much. And um, so they don't have the censorship from Rumble and people like that. So uh, check them out on Spotify and uh, you, it's well worth your time uh, to watch their show. All right, that's it for this edition of uh, Get Real with Rich Dancer. Please share this on your page, let other people know what's going on. And um, we're doing some really big numbers on our websites, all of the sites, but Facebook. Hmm. No one's hanging out there anymore. People are, turning from Mr. Zuckerberg. They don't want to be involved with him anymore. So, and we're, we're like them. Um, so we're relying less and less on this. So go to our website, rickdancer.com. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Rick Dancer TV. Um, you can find us on Rumble at I Get Real with Rick Dancer and Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, all of them. And you'll still find us on Facebook, but not many people are hanging out there anymore. All right, that's it. We'll see you later. And thanks thanks to our sponsors, all of our sponsors, Chris Daniel Family Dentistry, Montana Oral Surgeons and um, Implant Center, Fairway Independent Mortgage, Greg Hinkle, love you, man, and Albert Taylor, and also, of course, BS Free MD. All right, have a good day. Bye.